Welcome to Publishing Gribble, the podcast that breaks the rules and helps you kickstart your career as a successful nonfiction author and entrepreneur. I'm your host, Melina Benson. Ken Honda is a money and happiness expert and a best-selling, the best-selling self-development author in Japan. His writings bridge the topics of finance and self-help, focusing on creating and generating personal wealth and happiness through deeper self-honesty. He's also written a lot of other books. Ken provides ongoing support through mentoring programs, business seminars, therapeutic workshops, and correspondence courses. So welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you, Melina. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. It took a while before we got our time zones coordinated, but now we're here. So on the cover of your book, Happy Money, which Mm -hmm. was the book that I know you from, on the cover of Happy Money, it says the Japanese art of making peace with your money, Mm -hmm. Japanese best-selling Zen millionaire. Can we start Mm -hmm. there? What is a Zen millionaire? (laughs) Oh, this is actually what the publisher just named me, you know, for. Um, I'm often called money healer. Rather, because I often talk about the healing way of money. So a lot of people want to have more money. But instead of having more money, having peace with money is more important than having lots of money and stay miserable. So my Zen approach seems to be very interesting for a lot of Westerners. So I teach Zen style. So instead of me teaching you or the audience... I ask many questions. That's what my Zen masters do. So by asking more questions, you can find your own answers with money. Oh, that's cool. So tell us about uh, how you had the idea for this book. So one time I was at the party and this Japanese woman asked me if she could take a look at my wallet. And in Japan, it's not so uncommon to just to see somebody's wallet. The people are very curious about what kind of uh, wallet uh, celebrities have. So either like a small, big, uh, do they have lots of money or is it clean? Some receipts are in there. Somehow like uh, certain wallets bring luck. That is that what, that's what they're talking about in the magazine. So I thought she's one of those. And I said, oh, it's okay. And uh, she said, thank you. And she took out all the bills and started counting something. And she said, this is good. This is okay. Oh, this is fun. And then after that, she put all the bills together and then gave it back to me. And she said, Ken, you passed the test. All your money is good. And I said, what what test? And uh, (laughs) am I good? And she said, all your money was smiling. So that means you must have made other people happy and then received money. And uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And that's true. Like a lot of people are happy with my books and my my seminars. And then they send me a smiling money. Oh, that's great news. And she said, on the other hand, if you take advantage of other people or if you do the work you don't like and get money, your money is crying or, or, or just get upset, angry in your wallet. And I thought, wow, that is very interesting. And she said, uh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm psychic. I see things that other people don't see. And it really hit me. Wow, can money smile? Or if she can tell what's in your wallet, and then she would figure out the way we work, the way uh, we handle money, the way we do work. 
And I thought it's fascinating. And after that, I thought, start thinking of my friends whose money is smiling, whose money is angry in their wallet, or maybe crying in the wallet. And, and I got this concept of happy money because there are two kinds of money, happy, smiling money, and a sad, angry, unhappy money. And that's how I got my title. So at this time, when you got the idea for this book, what did your career or business life look like? I was already successful as an author, investor, and teacher. So I sold, I think, uh, at least four or five millions of my, my books. And I was regarded as a, uh, the, the most successful self-development author in Japan. And I, my, I, when I teach, I teach thousands of people in a big seminar hall. And uh, my following was big. My podcast hit uh, downloads of, uh, I think, some, something like 30 million downloads. Now it's 52 million downloads in a country of 130 million people. So it's almost like half the population have listened to my podcast. So I was fairly big and very satisfied with what I did. But this concept of happy money kept me on my vision. And a few years ago, actually in 20. 16 or 17, I got this inspiration to start writing in English, which is a big deal. So I started learning English since I was 50. And uh, I was shy to speak in front of a camera. But now I have enough courage to come out and then start <laughs> started sharing what I know about money. Happy Money was first published in English, right? Actually, in English in three book forms, British, American English and Australian English on the same month. Yeah. I actually didn't know that Australian English is that different. <laughs> I thought it was more like yeah. British. <laughs> I didn't know that either. But I, I heard the Harry Potter did the same thing. You know, Harry Potter in UK, Harry Potter in Australia, Harry Potter in America. They speak different languages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spelling all that. So I saw on your website, you were telling a story about, I think it said that you were semi-retired from your business and you, yes. you were there in the park. Can you tell us this story? Right, right. To rewind a, a time a little bit, you know, I was raised by a successful tax accountant father uh, who started teaching me about money since I was five or six because of the teachings uh, from my father, I could start my business early age, and uh, I could retire at the age 29 for my baby girl. And then I had about four years off of my life. I originally had only thought of doing for two weeks, and two weeks got extended to two months, and six months, <laughs> one year, two years, three years. And about three years into semi-retirement, so my daughter was like a three or four at the time because she could enjoy swing in the park. And we just like play for a couple hours and then we're sitting on a uh, bench and it was a beautiful afternoon. And three, 3.30, 4, it was still bright, sun is out, but it's going toward evening. And mother and the daughter came in. And they were just uh, enjoying swinging for like a, a couple of minutes. And then the mother said, okay, let's go. And the little girl said, mommy, I just got here. And she was so right. They got there for uh, just a few minutes ago. And she was looking at wa her watch and said, 
oh, your mom ha uh, has to go, you know, got work to do. And she seemed to be very upset. And she literally took her daughter off of a swing and then she was dragging her. And, and the little girl was crying. I wanted to do more. I want to do more. And that scene really shocked me. What? It's almost like an abuse. And then I realized that I was retired for three years. I didn't have to work for money. But a lot of people had to because of otherwise they can bring food on the table. If she knew about how to work smarter, if she knew how to make money through investments, she would have enjoyed um, at least a couple hours in the park be, um, until it gets dark. But if you don't know about money, you have to do the work that you don't like, and then you cannot have time with your kids. So that night, I got this inspiration to write about money and happiness. And that essays that I wrote, uh, just about a few pages, I just gave out to my friends. And then my friends loved it, and then they, they wanted to read more. And I wrote more, so it became five pages, six pages, and, and it ended up uh, 26 pages. So I stapled them every day for like 10, 20 copies, and I got sore hands. So I was complaining about them to my friend, and, um, and my friend said, why don't you hire a printer? Which I did. So uh, the printer, and you know, at the time, there's a phone book, you know, I, I, we don't see it anywhere because it's on, <laughs> on the internet. Right? There will be listeners who don't even know what a phone book is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a thick, you know, a very cheap paper, and under P section, there's printer. Yeah. And there's a printer nearby, I think, and then uh, the guy came with a sheet like this, right? And then I said, um, I, I need to print like these for like 200 copies. And he was laughing. We do, uh, the minimum is a thousand copies. I don't need a thousand copies, but he said, that's a minimum. And I was looking at my sore hands. Okay, I'll sign the contract. And he said, wait, wait, wait. If you print 3000, the cost drops dramatically because of the, you know, the print uh, offset uh, wording and all that. If you do the editing, the rest is just a, a paper, a cost of paper. So if I print a thousand copies, it, the, co the cost is something like seven or eight dollars, uh, seven, six or seven euros for, per copy. But if you print 3000, the cost drops dramatically to like two euros. Like, oh, mm, I can save, you know, four euros per copy. That's a good deal. Uh, and then I signed a contract and two weeks later, two trucks came in front of my place and then they're asking for my address. I thought neighbor, new neighbors uh, moving in. And then I, wow, oh, can I see? And then uh, from the back of the trucks, there are like boxes of my booklets, which is actually this. And I was interviewed by a radio station. So this is you know, very thin, but if you have 3,000, a lot of boxes. Yeah. And uh, my wife came back from shopping or something with uh, my daughter. And uh, I tried to explain what was wrong. <laughs> and then I showed them, show her, show her boxes. Uh, my daughter was excited. I show her boxes and said, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I made a mistake. Can I get rid of these boxes in six months? Uh, she was smiling, you know, when, when I heard, uh, when I told her about the boxes. But when I said six months, she seemed very upset. And she said, I'll give you three months. Either boxes out or you out. 
And then I started calling my friends. You said my, you know, you wanted to uh, have uh, my booklets when it's done. It's done actually. I can give you a hundred copies. Do you want, you know, hundred copies? Oh yeah, I can. Thank you. So I gave my friend a hundred, two hundred, thirty, ten. I got rid of uh, my boxes in about probably a few weeks, and then I got lots of orders because it's free. I said, you know, I will give it to anybody, you know, because I I love sharing what I know. And this time I printed another 3,000, another 3,000. And by the time I gave away 100,000 copies, a publisher called me and they asked me to write a book, which I did. And the rest is history. Since then, it's 21 years ago. I published more than 70 or 80 books and uh, sold almost 9 million copies. Oh, cool. Congratulations on that success. So just to be Thank clear... You. That was a booklet, and then you, when you got a contract with a publisher, you wrote a larger book. I think it's 240 pages. This was Happy Money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Oh, yeah. no, no, it's not Happy Money. Happy Money is that I wrote uh, four or five years ago. Okay, the other one is a longer ago. I was thinking about that when you talked about the printing process, <laughs> that, <laughs> that it might be longer ago. So Happy Money, Let let's hear us the story about that one. Were you already affiliated with a publisher before you started writing that book? Or how, how does this work? So I, I had this vision of writing in English. But the, at the time, that was bizarre. You know, if you're a Danish person or, or Swedish, or even though English is not your first language, you are capable of speaking and writing, right? But uh, Japanese education didn't focus on um, speaking. So I was shy in expressing myself in English. So it seemed like climbing Mount Everest, you know, <laughs> is as hard as writing a book in English. But I wanted to share what I knew about money. So I started writing one line, two lines, one page, two pages every day. So since then, I just focused on this idea and I started talking with my friends and from overseas. So when Brian Tracy came, I, I said, I'm, I'm writing a book in English. And he said, so I was expecting, he would say, okay, Ken, I'm, I'm going to introduce you my publisher. But all he said is like, good luck, Ken. <laughs> and then <laughs> Anthony Robbins came and other came. Dr. John DiMartini came and all the other people. I, I talked about the same thing and they all they said is good luck. And uh, when Janet Atwood, who is founder of uh, The Passion Test and Self Love, I talked about my English book and she looked at me in the eye, uh, in my eyes, and she said, I'm going to take you out internationally, which she did. So um, she got me involved with Transformational Leadership Council. Uh, which Dr. John Gray, Jack Canfield, uh, Chicken Soup of the Soul, he, they just uh, were the founding members. There are like 150 members, very influential. And um, one of them, uh, Dave Asprey, uh, who was the author of Bulletproof Diet, and he started the Bull uh, Bulletproof Coffee and all the empire of this uh, health industry. He introduced me and a book, book book agent in New York. And then I talked with the agent 
and they came up with the idea of Zen Millionaire and all that. And they uh, started pitch me about my book ideas. And uh, I think I pitched to seven New York publishers and four of them said yes. And then I picked one out of the four. And what's the process working with one of those big publishers been? So it was a scary process because, you know, I thought more about friendly meeting, you know, Japanese author visiting American publisher. I thought I'd be welcomed with, uh, you know, open arms, but no, <clears throat> they were like uh, almost like uh, investors. So I was invited into this conference room in New York, Manhattan, you know, uh, high skyscrapers and somehow all the influential editors or women and they look like uh you know the devil wears prada you know like very you know, <laughs> <tough. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and they almost like interrogated me <laughs> about the future of my books you know hey ken you know i heard you're successful in japan but what makes you think that you can make it in in america or internationally like I have no idea. I'm scared, you know. So I was feeling very insecure about the process. And at this point, how many books had you sold at this point? I think I, I must have sold about six million copies, you know, yeah. by then. But I've sold, I've written and sold so many books, they don't really count. Uh, they didn't seem to count in English. They want to know about your marketing platform in the specific markets you're going to Marked your book. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I was a mystery man, so I had no social media presence in English, you know, so like um, the situation didn't look good. But so how, how did you convince them? And I said to all the publishers, oh, this is totally deja vu. When I started 15 years ago, I was asked, asked the same question. There was no book about happiness and money which was like my first one, Eight Steps to Financial Prosperity and Peace, which, by the way, you can download it on my website for free. I said, I feel like I can impact the publishing industry because happiness books are, re are placed in religion section and investment books, money books in business, investment corner. But my book series will be creating a new genre, which is happiness and money. And this, they were laughing, like, you know, there is no market for that. That's why books are either uh, religion section and or business section, which seemed very convincing. <laughs> and I said, oh, but I, I have a feeling I'm going to sell my books to 10 million copies. And then the first million, I want to work with you. So one CEO of a Japanese publisher just started laughing for like a minute. Like, <laughs> he was, he seemed so like entertained. And uh, he looked at me in the eyes and said, uh, Ken, do you know anything about publishing industry? <laughs> and he said, he said to me like this. And then, oh, sir, I don't know anything about publishing industry with a big smile. And he said, I thought so. And then he started laughing again <laughs> and laughing for like a minute and a half. It seemed like a long time, but he couldn't stop laughing. And after <laughs> a minute and a half, he said, I'm all in. You know, I'm going to put everything in your book and let's see how it goes. <laughs> so he just printed enormous amount of books for a small publisher. 
and I then think, he took a, I think it's super breath. excuse me for for interrupting you but I think it's super interesting you come with this huge fantastic track record of being able to sell books yet their mindset is but for this specific market so they go away from you and start their thinking in the market asking you what standing do you have in this market and what this person saw was well in order to exploit that market and to actually sell books in this new market we need that personality that excuse me for phrasing it like this but here's this crazy japanese guy who sold a lot of books in japan and he comes here and sell his will tell 10 million books this can only be good <laughs> yeah, so I said to the uh, American publisher, so which was like 15 years ago, I started out from nothing and then I built an empire of books. Yeah. So I have the same feeling for American book industry. I'm going to help I'm going to change this industry. Yeah. In a very zen and happy manner. And uh, if you feel like we can do this, just pick up my book. That was my sales pitch. Ah, oh, this is cool. What kind of a did I hear you say that you wanted to sell the first million with them? What kind of agreement a, did you make with them? <laughs> no, no, no. I said, why don't we? Because I wanted to work with a different publishers in Japan. I said, sir, I want to work with you for the first million, <laughs> and yeah. and then in fact, I I I think I sold books about almost seven hundred thousand or something with them. With a second publisher, I sold about. Another eight hundred thousand or something, and the third publisher that I became very close to, we sold almost five million copies together. Oh. So um, it's interesting. It's it's the same industry, but somehow the chemistry explodes yes. in the third with the th third publisher. Well, I guess that relates very much to your topic, right? Happy money <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> when the relationship is good. I have all great relationships with every publisher but somehow uh, the my relationship with Daiwa Shobo was the deepest and and most rewarding how many publishers did you work with i think uh, the major one is uh, five and i worked with uh, four or five others so like all together 10 and and these are both in japan and in the us no so with the us i work with the uh, simon and Schuster. Uh, in New York, and this is from, I think this is from UK. It's called Hatchet. Oh, this one is is an in Indian version. It's Hatchet. You know, it's it's in UK. Yeah. So, are there any major differences in what they have been offering you, or how they were you requiring you to work, or is it all the same? No. Uh, some some publisher asked me about the book cover and what I thought of them, you know, with Polish and Czech, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish. Um, some book, uh, like Greek publisher, they asked me my permission. And uh, other publishers from other countries, they sent me a copy. And then, oh, they're already out, you know. So I don't know. I didn't know any of uh, the process. So it's interesting, you know. I, I have no judgment. But they seem to work differently. Yeah. So what have you enjoyed the most and what has been some of the struggles working with a publisher? So with uh, Simon Schuster, the editor, the person was what well, seemed 
to be very busy. You know, he was preparing for other big names. So, you know, I feel a little bad to take his time, but he was very sincere to work with me. So with the different publishers, we have different experiences. Yeah. Did you ever consider self-publishing, keeping oh, we... the rights on your own hands? <laughs> right. This one is self-publishing. I... The only thing is that I didn't charge people, right? Yeah, that's the one <laughs> well, with, the, with the truck full of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I was thinking of that, but I had too much fun working with uh, uh, editors and different uh, publishers. So in terms of money, I could probably make more per copy. But uh, when you think of a distribution channel, like uh, I'm talking about Japanese publishing uh, industry, we have about 3,000 bookstores all over Japan. And uh, so a publisher has a certain channel and certain way of uh, selling books. Amazon has probably 15% of the share, uh, so still not big. Mm -hmm. So I could sell hundreds of thousands of books through a regular channel. You know, Japanese people take trains for commute. So when I put an ad on Japanese train system, 40 million people look at the ads like weekly. So I can get get it out so quickly. So that's how uh, we do business. So it's a, a little bit different from um, other countries publishing business because Japanese people still read, uh, which is amazing. In, in America and in Europe, people don't seem to remember what books look like. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people watch YouTube, so, you know, playing Tetris and, and like, you know, like games. But yeah. Japanese people still read. On the train, you mean? In the community? On the train or anywhere in general. Yeah. You know, of course, they love YouTube and Netflix, but a lot of people still read. In some in some markets, uh, audio is growing fast because right. you, don't, you don't need to carry the book. <laughs> so mm -hmm. what is your... No, let me just ask first... So just before we end here, as of today, how many books, how many languages, how many countries did you publish in? I think uh, I lost count, but I think it's about 32 or three languages. And in, I guess, probably like 50 or 60 countries, because like my books are sold in India and my books are sold in pretty much all the European countries and, and some African bookstores carry What's interesting is India, they carry British version. Yeah. And somewhere on the East, like Singapore and those, somehow they get American book books. So, you know, it's interesting how their sort of distribution system is is different. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I should probably count how many books, but I lost interest in counting books because I know there's a lot. So you don't even know how many you wrote or? <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> I, I keep publishing so many books, so... And are they all 200 pages? Yes. yes. Usually about from 212 to 246, some 300, but usually about 224. Yeah. How many books per year do you write? I used to have a book club that I have a membership of 20,000 people. And that book club required me to write a book every month. Yeah. It was a big challenge. But regular year, I publish about five, four to six books, which is like one book every two months. Yeah. 
that is just so cool. You know what I said? And I'm a nonfiction book coach. And mm-hmm. uh, when I when I tell people you can easily write a book in 90 days, yeah, it, it blows their mind. And some believe me and some don't. <laughs> uh, but so I have to present all and I do present these stories all the time that that it is definitely possible within a month even or two weeks to write a book. It's a matter of 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 process. It's been so instilled in our mindset and our beliefs that writing a book is super difficult. So I love having these cases that shows the opposite, that it's it's not it's not that it's easy, but it's definitely doable. It's not the writing, the writing time is because you don't make it a priority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, you because process. People who have a writer's block uh, seems to be self-conscious. Yes. You know, so the arrow goes like, look at me, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just I'm in service for other people. So I don't pay much attention to how I look. It's about my sincere intention to share what I know. So my book writing process is so automatic. I come up with a title and then uh, it's almost like a, 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 a scroll, a, a book scrolling down. Yeah. And it says, uh, happy money, five chapters. And then under every chapter, there are like subheads, like 10 of them. It just kind of like scrolling down. All yeah. I have to do is start writing. So like start copying. And if it's like 240, uh, say 200 page book, if you just write um, 10 pages, you know, you can finish a book in one, one month. And then you have enough time to re-edit, you know, a, a, another 10 page every day. In two months, you can finish a book. So like writing on 10 pages is not so difficult. It's only like what uh, it took... I usually write about 15 minutes per page. So that means, you know, only like a, a couple hours. Um, I can just, you know, focus in the morning, in the afternoon, in my car. I have a, a desk in my car, in the back of a car. So with uh, you know, when I attend a party, it t- takes me a while, an hour sometimes, right? So I can write. And then with me going back and forth, I write my day's quote quota. Yeah. So... Like for me, it's like brushing my teeth. If I don't write, I cannot go to sleep. So uh, <laughs> it's like taking a walk. So it's not a, it's no sweat, you know, once it's in your head. Yeah. So people don't have this uh, process of uh, coming up with a concept of the books. That's why it takes years. Yeah. For me, it takes only like two minutes yeah. to come up with a book title, chapters, subheads. You know, and then I can just um, finish the outline in two minutes and then I sit down for an hour, just kind of like, okay, this this thing should go to chapter one. It's almost like I'm making a lunch lunch box, right? Yeah. Okay, I should put this one over here. Uh, this one goes here. This one goes here, like a pasta, you know, there's a sausage and a salad here and maybe some fruits here. Yes. So done. So I'm sitting with this thought because uh, the people that I work with, they are all experts at something and they have a teaching business. They do public speaking. When they are hired by a company to go there and talk for an hour, it takes them like exact process that you just said to go and deliver that. Yes. And, And really the content of a book is not that different. I think I'm thinking about maybe what's going on is that 
when people think they're only gonna go, only gonna write this one book is gonna change their entire life, yeah. And then they get stuck on the conceptualization of which book to write. But since yeah. you know you're gonna write ten more this year, <laughs> how many this year? Then it also um, liberates you a little bit from that pressure that it has to be the one perfect subject and the one perfect angle of your book. Yeah, so I've written so many books on happiness and money, and uh, there's so much to talk about, like my uh, my stories with my mentor, stories with my teachers who made it all and lose lose it all, you know, with my uh, sometimes sad memories, sometimes happy memories. I can write, so uh, writing is almost a healing process for me. So well, I cannot stop. So my final question, what is your next personal goal? My personal goal is to write at least four international bestsellers in the next four years. So like one book every year and then impact 100 million people in lives. So they feel more positive, they feel happier and uh, uh, fulfilled with their life because of my books. This is beautiful. I know you're part of uh, the Give Influencer. Mm -hmm. Give, what is it called? Give Fluenza? Give Fluenza Network. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, we're a bunch of people who love giving and sharing. Uh, and then by giving, we become influencers. So every one of us gives something. You know, if we give up more from our heart, people receive it with love. So you either do it through cooking, you do it through coaching, counseling, selling, listening as a counselor. You know, we just share our gifts with other people. So yeah. by giving, we become influencers. All right. Thank you so much, Ken. This has been interesting. And I know that I'm Copenhagen based. I know you will be back here in Copenhagen in May. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're gonna have to meet in person there, and also yes. it would be fun following your four-year plan and have you back on this show. <laughs> and see yes. How next that goes. May. Next May from Hay House, I'm going to publish a book called Nine Letters from a Millionaire. It's an it's a fiction book. It's a novel. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Is this your first fiction? I've actually uh, written a few, and then this one is sold so so many copies in Japan, and Hay House picked it up, and it's going to become a global uh, phenomena because it's about a grandfather leaves uh, no money, and uh, even though he was a, a a multimillionaire, and he leaves nine letters to this boy, this twenty-year-old boy receives a package from his grandfather's lawyer. And in it, there are nine letters. Each letter has a title. The first one, synchronicity. The second, decision. Third, action. By opening up one letter, he gets guided to a new new drama. And then he travel, uh, travels around the world. So that is a... Uh, oh, that is I'm a looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. I'm sure the so listeners much. will love it. Where, where can they meet? Uh, where can they meet you again or learn more about you? <laughs> uh -huh. So you can find all the information at kenhonda.com. K-E-N Honda as in a car. 
even though I drive Toyota, you know, <laughs> kenhonda.com. And uh, a lot of information is free. So you can um, do analysis of your money personality type. And there's, there are all kinds of fun information. So please go check it out. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.